0: Hello there, brothers and sisters. Thanks so much to each and every one of you for being here. This is Brother Fred, and you are listening to, and because, God is near. Hello again, this is Brother Fred, and welcome to the initial podcast of God is Near. Will you'll learn a little about myself. And why I'm doing this. If you're like me, then you love God, love learning from his word, but believe something's amiss about church today. The culture is consistently moving away from God's ways and it's hard to see how the church is making an impact. In fact, it's beginning to look like the church, particularly the Western church, is enabling the cultural shift from God. If once Christian nations are to be light to the world again, then we need a revival. The world needs a revival of Christianity somewhere. But it doesn't look to me that a Great Awakening is happening. Strangely, I've even heard some teachers claim that the growing depravity could be a good work that God is doing. He's completely in control, they remind us. But this doesn't square with the God I know from the Bible. I don't think it's God's will for the church to be inconsequential in any society. In the Bible, I see a God who works against evil and sometimes destroys the wicked, while at other times protecting and blessing those seeking his ways. For example, at the end of Second Timothy, Paul warns Timothy to be on guard against Alexander the coppersmith because Alexander did Paul great harm. Paul then reminds Timothy that the Lord will repay the coppersmith for his deeds and then praises God for being the only comforter to Paul when making defense and proclamation of the gospel. God doesn't desire the gospel to be veiled or hindered. And so if a mostly Christian nation is no longer Christian, or the church becomes ineffective in its mission, then I think the problem largely lies with the leaders or people in general. But I don't fault God. He is too good. God may be judging the church because of our deeds, or simply allowing evil to flourish in a land because of our lack of obedience to him. But the condition of the church today is not God's fault. I've heard numerous sermons reminding the General Assembly to repent to receive God's blessing. And I've heard pastors talk of the sins of historical kings and religious leaders that brought about God's judgment. But I haven't heard many, if any, sermons suggesting Bible-believing pastors in the West need to confess their sins and repent. And I fear a revival cannot happen because our church leaders won't admit that they are part of the problem and thus will not repent. I'd like to bring up one example. Now, I know that COVID and the shutdowns are polarizing to people, even within the church. But please hear me out. I'm not going to touch on much of it except for one aspect, that is how churches responded. And everybody knows how the vast majority of churches responded. When the government told them to shut down, churches closed their doors. I remember a time, pre-shutdown era, when pastors were proud to have their doors open. I live in the Midwest and every winter you are guaranteed to hear that the church would be open, no matter the icy conditions. It's understood if you couldn't make it to church for your safety. But if you could make it, church would be open. They made these statements as if they believed in their ministry. They provided scriptural support for having church open based on reasons that the church provided services that met the needs of the people. Corporate worship was necessary for edification, being spiritually refreshed, encouraging and serving others. Years ago, pastors used to comment that coming to church couldn't be replaced by radio or TV, as it was also a time for the shepherding body to perform some of their shepherding duties. And most importantly, they would even say it was God's command that Christians engage in corporate worship, citing Hebrews 10.25. But all this scriptural support doesn't matter to today's pastors and elders. When told to shut down, they prayed about it, quoted a verse in Romans about obeying the government, and then closed their doors. Peter understood authority best when answering the Jewish leaders that he must obey God rather than men. In fact, I think even Bible-believing lay Christians understand this. Who among the family of God does not try to help our brothers and sisters in hostile countries? Is it not God's will to support them with food, Bibles, clothing, and medicine, even though a hostile government says not to? Are Christians in China who choose to gather together for church service sinning when their government says not to meet? Of course not! They understand Hebrews 10.25. They understand Christians are called to minister to the brethren. And they understand Christians are to obey God rather than men. Now, some of you are going to insist that churches shut down because of a pandemic, not just because the government said to close. Well, I won't get into the lethality of the virus and what we knew about it when shutdowns began. There's meat to an argument with these subjects but we're going to focus on scriptural support and scriptural authority. And I haven't heard anyone make a scriptural argument to shut down churches based on illness. In fact, history bears the opposite reaction of Christians who took care of the sick and poor when others wouldn't. The historical reaction proved to be quite effective witness for Christ. Clara Barton, the founder of the American Red Cross, is one example. Christians have reacted selflessly on behalf of the sick throughout history and understood it as part of their calling. I found a brief summary of these actions of this history by Jessica Brody when she wrote this in 2020 titled, How Did Early Christians Face Pandemics? It's uploaded at crosswalk.com. Instead of making isolated people feel more alone and depressed, churches should have been open to serve humanitarian needs. Death and suffering came from many other sources than just COVID. And this was the most furious part of the shutdowns. The shutdowns were not universal because of some prudent response to a highly lethal virus. These were partial shutdowns, divided into essential and non-essentials. Churches went along with setting a new precedent that they do not provide an essential ministry, while at the same time... I didn't hear any church send out messages to abstain from going to any declared essential business unless absolutely necessary. I didn't hear about boycotting all of the takeout food services that were open. Worse, I didn't hear about locking down nursing homes. Yes, they locked down nursing home residents, but they let the employees and nurses come and go from the nursing homes for a virus we knew was very lethal to the elderly. While also being told to be most concerned about asymptomatic carriers. Remember that term? One reason to fear the virus that led to shutdowns was that people were catching the virus and didn't even know they were sick. They were asymptomatic. And the supposedly most pious among us? Well, they agreed to deny people their basic created needs by aiding the government in the act of isolating people they shut down churches when Christians slide or neglect their scriptural responsibilities I believe they are expected to repent and confess after all when Old Testament prophets misspoke for God they were <clears throat> removed is it too much to expect even an admission of wrong and recommit to God's authority and command to corporate worship it must be too much to ask It's been a couple years past the shutdowns and I haven't heard any Christian leader confess the error. I lost a lot of trust in church leadership because of the shutdowns. I lost a lot of trust. And I realized they are not going to lead us to the promised land. They will not fulfill their duties adequately to usher in another revival. Materialism may have just made them too complacent or fearful of consequences. When my body is gone... I don't want to stand before my maker on judgment day without knowing I tried to fill such an obvious void. Christians and those still lost need a revival. A growing and thriving church benefits everyone. Before getting ahead of ourselves though, we need to focus on becoming a community again built up of one body. As Jesus said, any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste and a house divided against itself falls. That's Luke 11:17. John recorded diatribes and prayers of Jesus see chapters 14 and 17 for examples where Jesus expresses his desire for a unified church and a oneness in mind for his followers. To have an effective outreach and to glorify God, we need to focus on conforming to the mind of Christ, laymen and leaders alike. By God's help, I hope many of our current pastors and elders repent or that they be replaced. We don't need men who claim they're friends with God, we need men who love God, who want to honor God, defend His word, and defend Him. I can't promise a gift of communication, but I hope to be of good service by discussing challenging doctrines that have led to harmful division or misdirection of the church. We need to get our house in order so that a revival can happen. So please join me, and at the very least, as iron sharpens iron, we'll benefit from diving into God's Word. May God bless you, and I truly hope you'll be edified for listening. I know time is valuable, so thank you again for listening today. If you would like to send me a note, then please email me at at godisneartoyouatoutlook.com. That's godisnear.com the number 2 and the letter U at Outlook.com Please visit my website at GodIsNear.Buzzsprout.com for more episodes on Bible study and Biblical application. I sure hope you find it edifying. I'd like to credit Upbeat for the fantastic music by Simon Falwer entitled Above the Earth. I think it's a good one. Have a fruitful time and God bless.